We're continuing our series tonight called Beloved. And the title of the sermon is The Cost of Counterfeit Love. Love, a word that is thrown around with consummate ease and regularity in today's society. We all know as Christians that God is love. But I hope and pray that in our time tonight, that all of us would get a deeper revelation of God's love in and through our lives, and that we would resist every attempt of the world to impose and implement their definition of love. Because the world struggles to define what love actually is. A few songs for your consideration. Tina Turner said, what's love got to do with it? The Beatles declared, all you need is love. And the Black Eyed Peas posed the question, where is the love? The world has polluted and poisoned the purity and the power of what love actually is, who it comes from, and how we live in it. The climate and the culture of today's society continues to attempt to dilute it, distort it, and ultimately define it, all according to the purposes of man, not God. And that has generated massive standards and settings for love ultimately to be expressed and experienced in a litany of ways that fall palpably short of what God's definition of love is. And the tragedy is that the damage caused, the destruction caused in hearts and minds across the globe, both inside and outside the body of Christ, is irreparable. I believe tonight we need to recapture what love actually is. Said differently, we need to consider what the cost is of accepting a counterfeit definition and standard of what love actually is. So in our own lives, we're going to do a small uh, examination and exploration of where there may be a counterfeit expression of love operating in and through our own lives, remove that, recapture God's standard for love, and begin to exhibit that in our daily lives. Then we get to live free from every counterfeit spirit and live in the fullness of God's lavish love for us. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Philipp Ephesians, sorry, Ephesians 3, verses 16 to 19. This is Paul speaking, and it's a great starting point for our journey together tonight. Paul declares, I pray that out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God, and to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And in just three or four verses, Paul captures a beautiful framework and definition of love that we can build on tonight. I like the words rooted and established. It means it's been faithful. It's been found to be immovable, consistent, constant in every area and aspect of our lives. But in order to walk in that love, we first need to understand what counterfeit love is. So my first point tonight is here are some features of what counterfeit love could look like. It's probably a, never, a near endless list of features. It will manipulate. 
it will coerce, it will exploit, it will control an individual in order to achieve personal outcomes, desires, and goals. Counterfeit love will always be self-serving, and personal gratification will always be displayed to the detriment of another person. It simply uses and abuses that person for their own benefit. It's controlling and will utilize whatever is necessary and needed to achieve their personal aims and goals with no regard for the health or the well-being of another person. And at the epicenter of counterfeit love is the focus and the theme of transactional love. Have you ever heard the words, if you do this for me, I'll do that for you. If you support me in this, I'll support you in that. Those relationships are toxic in their nature. And maybe you're here tonight and that's all that you have known. My prayer, and I prophesy tonight, you will break those types of relationships off your life and walk into the fullness of what God has for you and his ultimate love for you. Because the Bible is clear that we must love each other, irrespective of whether it's reciprocated, acknowledged, or even appreciated. We're called and commanded by God to love our neighbors as ourselves. No barriers and no boundaries attached to that commandment. It's a commandment that God ultimately gives us. It's not a suggestion. It's not an idea. It's not a proposal for Sunday. It's a commandment that we are to love one another as ourselves. But often in our Christian walk, that doesn't fit our preconceived agenda. We become experts at offering excuses and explanations of how we are somehow exempt from demonstrating God's love. We've accepted a lie from the pit of hell. And you know, counterfeit love is always exposed when someone's heart or motive is explored and examined. Take a moment in your own life. It might be difficult, it might be daunting, but think about the people that get angry with you the people that get aggressive with you, the people that get annoyed with you when you are failing them, when you're not delivering on their demands and their directives. Perhaps you've even been the victim of abusive language and engagement from other people when you've not done what you said you would do or what they want you to do. Because a counterfeit love is always focused on fueling and facilitating their own agenda their own objectives, produces competition and comparison amongst people that is ungodly, unhealthy, and worse, completely unnecessary. And so if that's what a little bit of a snapshot of what counterfeit love looks like, point two is the opposite, authentic love. Where would we look for love? Well, we know that God is love, and therefore the best place for us to start would be God's Word that is true, that is infallible, amen? And you read the word agape. It's a biblical purpose and meaning. It's a love that thrives on the well-being and health of the other person. It is always unselfish, but also very accepting in manner. Wherever you see the word agape, you can know that it's pure, it's intentional, it's selfless, it's sacrificial. It constantly seeks the other person's highest good. True love will always be expressed through Scripture. 
It doesn't do things for its own agenda or advantage. It doesn't demand its own way. It recognizes the value of the other person and responds to every human encounter with a deep desire for that person to know God in a deeper way. Authentic love radiates and releases the heart of the Father to humanity, always focused on spiritual principles and characteristics, not worldly or fleshly thinking, but always seeks to uphold and honor the other person. The motivation and the momentum that can be generated by a counterfeit love is unquantifiable. It will always dictate and demand that the other person has to change. But we, in and of ourselves, know if we think about David in Psalm 139, where he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. My prayer tonight is that each and every one of us would know the Father's heart for our lives. But here are a couple of quick litmus tests for you. When you think about your own relationships, is the love that you receive and reflect unconditional in every relationship that you have? Or are there conditions, stipulations, attachments to each and every relationship? Is it transactional or is it unconditional? You think about the words, if you get married, till death us do part. There are no outs, no excuses, and no exits in those moments. That's unconditional love right there. Authentic love will always permit and encourage all parties to be honest, transparent, vulnerable. These are words that don't sit well with the world. With the world. It leaves us highly exposed because we are vulnerable, honest, and transparent. And it leaves you open to betrayal, to hurt, to being lied about, to being spoken about. But that's the highest form of love. No strings attached, no conditions to meet, no tasks to be completed. Authentic love simply serves faithfully and consistently. It gets lost in actively pursuing the best possible results for the other person. It flows freely from the heart. You cannot give what you do not have. What you carry, you communicate. And so I anticipate in a room this big, with people online as well, subconsciously, you may well have been a victim of counterfeit love. You may be living in counterfeit love right here and right now because it's all you've ever known. But as I say, what you carry, you communicate. So if you are carrying a counterfeit love, you're going to find a way of communicating it, and it is going to be a deeply reduced and diluted form of what God's love is for you, but also for every other person that you get to experience and encounter in your walk with love, or with God. The world will have you like a hamster on a wheel, constantly needing to work for love. And you think about your relationship with God. You did nothing for it. I read a book once, so I can't take credit for this quote, but do you know your only contribution to your salvation was your sin? And God still loves you. God still adores you. He still affirms you. He still approves of you. He still accepts you. Why? Because his love for you is unconditional. That's the love that we need to replicate and display 
in our lives. And the tragedy for most of us is that we have lived in a counterfeit love in various ways. We struggle to enjoy the fullness of God's love because we automatically filter every single human relationship that we've ever experienced through that filter. Even the richest, most authentic relationships that you may have are open to failure. But if we know God's love, we know what authentic love looks like, and we experience and enjoy that in a new way, we are able to then reflect that and radiate that into the hearts and lives of every person we encounter. Because I want to put the best of God on display every time I go out, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. Why? Because He's great. He's perfect. And I know I'm not perfect, but I need to put the best of Him on display. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and they're struggling maybe in their relationship and your natural default is, well, what do you want from the relationship? It sounds a reasonable, logical question to ask, but you're asking the wrong question. The better question, the healthier question to ask is, what do you want to invest into that relationship? And it's the kingdom principle of what you sow, you will ultimately reap in your life. Our third point is we need to receive God's love afresh. For the majority of us, because of what we've experienced in our lives, maybe you've become suspicious or skeptical of enjoying God's love. Why? Because you automatically draw on all your previous experiences and you view God's love through those lenses. You convince yourself that God's love is unobtainable, unavailable to you. We attribute God's love as simply being too good to believe, or that there is some catch or clause that will be revealed further into our walk with God. And I want you to take a moment right now to close your eyes and bow your head. And I want you, if you are able, to go back to that point, to that place, that moment in your life where you experienced the love of God for the first time. We've got time. I'll tell you, as you keep your eyes closed and your head bowed if you wish to, as you're remembering and recalling that moment, I can tell you that love is untainted, it's untarnished, it's unfiltered, it is so rich and so pure and so consistent and free-flowing and relentless towards you. That's the love that God gave us. That's the love that we need to receive afresh tonight. And that's the love that we need to carry into the highways and byways. That's the standard right there. But the challenge for us is over time, that level just drops and recedes and diminishes and it gets polluted and poisoned by people and problems. We need to retain and regain that level. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. And the Apostle Paul reveals it to us in Ephesians 5, verses 1 to 3. Follow God's example as dearly loved children. Walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. 
Verse 2, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us, succinctly defines our duty and our delight as Christians. So how do we walk in that standard? Well, Galatians 5 verses 13 and 14 give us that standard. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, amen? But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. What is Paul saying? He is informing and instructing us that the entire law, the totality, the completeness of the law is accomplished and achieved if just one command is demonstrated in our lives. Love your neighbor as yourself. To the same standard, scope, and scale that you love yourself, you must love your neighbor. And your neighbor is not the geographical person to where you live. It's every person you encounter in your daily walk. And I know life happens, so how do we realistically achieve this? I'm convinced the closer you get to Jesus, the easier loving your neighbor becomes. Because when you walk in love, you see people, everyone, the way Jesus sees them. We do not see their greatest struggles or sins. We do not dismiss their biggest habits or hurts. We imagine how they could look like free, how they could look like walking in the fullness of God's love for them. And so if you're a Christian here tonight, you're a believer in Jesus, you are a holy vessel that should carry and communicate the love of God. The context is clear. We must be loving to one another. How do we live like this? Well, Paul defines it perfectly. At the end of Ephesians 4, before, the very last verse, before it tips over into Ephesians 5. Ephesians 4, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. That right there is the framework for authentic, selfless love found in Christ. We know the Word of God declares that greater love has no man than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. 1 John 4, 19 declares that we love because He first loved us. More evidence that we cannot give what we have not got. The standard and the scope is possible and achievable. And I know that life happens, but I am utterly convinced tonight that we can let go of a counterfeit spirit of love a diminished, distorted view of love defined by man, and we can lay hold again of God's pure and perfect love for our lives. And when we receive more and more of that, and that fills our heart and life, we can take that everywhere we go, and we can show the best of God's love for humanity. Amen? We know at weddings, if you've ever attended a wedding, the great portion of love is found in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 9. But do you know the greatest expression of love is found 
at the cross of Calvary, where Paul said himself in Ephesians 5, Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant sacrifice and offering to God. That right there is the epicenter of the gospel. And yet buried in and amongst 1 Corinthians 13, that great portion of Scripture that we all know well, true love is defined. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in truth. That is the standard and the focus of authentic love. It is a love that flows from the one true and living God. It is a love that is untainted, untouched by God's, a man's opinion, a love that is truly possible to walk in, a love that is pure, peaceful, and perfect because it comes from a perfect Father. And once you've experienced that love, you will not settle for anything less than that love in every relationship that you have because that right there is the standard.